Hi folks, uh, welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, the topic of the podcast today is Come Fly With Me. We have a detailed discussion of how to manage your money while you're overseas and also make the very most of your frequent flyer points. Uh, in this week's episode, I've got Craig Bigelow making a comeback for a cameo appearance uh, and I have a great discussion with him and we have an in-studio guest whose name is Aaron Adelist who is the director of On Your Points, a business that helps you maximise your frequent flyer points. I encourage you to listen to any previous podcasts. Uh, you can search on iTunes for the Finance Hour or just Google the Finance Hour. And if you want to give me some feedback, drop me an email at rubenz at adaptwealth.com.au. Otherwise, enjoy the show. <laughs> well... Now that you talk about holidays, that is actually the theme of the show today. Uh, Come fly with me. That's the uh, that's the title of the show, and we're going to talk about money and traveling. And I know you've just come back from a big uh, overseas tri- trip, Craig. Yep. And uh, when I spoke to you about how you're managing your money, you said you were hemorrhaging money while you're away. But I thought that was so off. That, the, I thought that was off the record. No, that's exactly the kind of term that you want to hear from your financial advisor. Well, that's why I started a golf podcast. <laughs> so, were you serious? Well, so, so where did you go? Uh, we went. Well, I had my first trip to Europe actually. So, Carly, my partner, and I we went went across there for a month. Yep. And um, yeah, so we started in London, worked our way through um, Paris, and then down to the south of France, and then nice. through Italy and. Um, yeah, so there was lots of different countries. Um, in terms of different currencies, we had a, a couple. The, the euro was pretty much universal, but yep. um, there was a couple when we got to Croatia that was that was a bit different. So, oh, yeah. What um, currency did they use there? Uh, it was I, I kept calling them Coronas, but yeah. it was actually Kronas. Kronas so yeah, yeah. Um, I just yeah, I, that was a bit of the white man in me being yeah. <laughs> quite. <laughs> and how did you? Um how did you spend your money? Did you do pretty much all on credit card? Did you have to have much much euros in cash? Oh, we prepaid a lot of the stuff, the accommodation wise yeah. and flights, and that was done. But yeah, it was it was mainly just credit as we travelled, just yeah. for convenience. Yeah. But um, getting home and, and seeing the 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 rates that we'd been stung for that was, was yeah yeah it definitely That's hurts. pretty horrific. Yeah, for sure. you, well, I was just in New Zealand just for a week yep. with my son Gil, and it was probably the first time I went to, and I did not take out one New Zealand dollar. Really? Not one cent. I did everything on sort of credit card on PayPal. Do you have a problem with them or is there something? Oh, with New Zealand dollars? No, no, not at all. It was just great that I literally didn't have to carry around any change whatsoever. Didn't change one single dollar. Well, I don't know why it needs to be any. Do you carry much money in general? No, very little. Really? Very little. Check his wallet. In fact, I was just, (laughs) it's funny, I was just at my kid's uh, school just doing a presentation on just financial education today. And if any of his schoolmates are listening, I just want to give a shout out to them because some of his mates actually do listen to the show and they know you, Craig. They've been asking for you to come back. Well, if you've got a surname Bigelow, people <laughs> tem- technically, and particularly kids like to laugh at that. So Yeah. So anyway, I was there and I needed to, I wanted to buy some lunch from the tuck shop and I didn't have any cash. Okay. Do they take card at the tuck shop? No, they don't. Mm. <laughs> I was going to see if I could put it on Gil's account, but <laughs> he doesn't have an account. Apparently, school, he doesn't does he? have any. Um, he doesn't have any credit. His terms aren't good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? The don't ask for credit. Off refusal often offends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so we didn't. Um, yeah, didn't use one dollar of currency. Interesting. But but what's it like in Europe? Do you? Um, 
in Europe, do you have to? Do you use much sort of actual physical currency? Um, we did in terms of um, more around, I guess, just the the the, the sightseeing stuff, the tours yeah. and that sort of thing where they do it. But it was I didn't carry a lot in general. Mm. I take out a big chunk, yeah. um, but then it was more around. Um, paying for things when we got to hotels were, were card, was card um, yeah. restaurants typically yeah. card and you have to what about there's a lot of tipping that you need to do in Europe isn't there or not oh, so maybe much? I missed that whole memo because yeah, you must <laughs> I, didn't, have. Yeah. I didn't tip that's that. what I, you know it was one of those things that you know, I, I don't know the whole American way I understand that's how they make their money but yeah. I, I believe Europeans are a bit different right. so a bit more like Australian right, so is that what you believe or actually what they do there because right. I suppose you only were going on one place at a once, so it probably didn't really matter for you because you never went to the same Well, when we got twice. chased out for the seventh time, <laughs> I, I started to realise that maybe tips were important. But no, yeah. um, I believe that that's what they, the system they operate. So they do get paid uh, more of a wage. Yeah. Um, and my my tipping was about the experience. So if it was a good experience, yeah, it was okay. a good tip. It was yeah. an average experience. It was sort of an average tip. And if it was pretty average, like below average, then it was still a small something, but more of a round up to the... But I always yeah. find tipping on a card weird, you know, when they put the yeah, numbers yeah. in and then they ask you, like, you know, you can put a tip in if you want sort of thing. It's, I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, it's inter- it's uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because now it used to be in the past where you'd leave the money on the table, but now everyone pays on card. Sure. It's like I think, you know, people, do they miss out on tips? Yeah. You know, I think that they um, they probably do, but maybe they're just pumping up the prices a little bit more. It's actually interesting. The um, I had a... I don't know how you access cash, but when I when I go overseas, usually I'll I'll um, you know pay as much as I can on credit card, yep. and then I access cash from my bank account here, yeah, you, yeah. you know, like my local bank account yeah. here, using like one of those cards that's got the Maestro or Cirrus yep. sort of logo on it. And uh, a couple of years ago, I was in Thailand, uh, got to the airport, and was, just needed some cash because you need to use cash in Thailand. So I put my card into the machine, whatever, got my cash, left. Uh, went back, you know, to the ho- got went to the hotel and realised that I left my card in the machine, mm-hmm. and went back to the airport. You know, long story short, it got swallowed. It got swallowed in because it gets swallowed yep. if you don't use it yep. for a while, and uh, you know, couldn't get it. Then they said, "Oh, go to the bank." It was called Casicorn Bank. I don't know how I remember that. Go to the bank in town. Go to the bank in town. No, uh, you know, we, we might get the card back in a few days. Come back in a few days. Manage to get the card right, but. And I got it back, but when all the 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 thing that I realised afterwards is that when you get money out there, what they do is they you know how here they'll give you your your card first and then your cash. Yes. If you take out money yep. from ATM, so there they give you your cash first and then they return your card afterwards. Okay. And I realised that that's what tricked me, right? Because oh, you once you got your, once you got your cash, you, you just figure them off. To go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So that was. Yeah, it's yeah. um. You, you, Aaron, who's joining us in a bit, pointed out that twenty-eight degrees card. I've had a couple yes. of friends that have, uh, yes. have used that, and yeah, um, it's it's definitely a challenge. Where I've got a wedding in Prague, I leave on Friday, so I'm up against this again. So yeah, um, it's a shorter trip. I, I found that's probably where the shorter ones help out a bit. You know, you yeah. can get away with it. When it was a month, it was a bit harder, but yeah, um, and some countries the twenty-eight degrees doesn't work. I believe South America is not great. Is that um, right? And so Joel, my mate's got a Citibank card for that. Um, yeah. But again, the challenge is cash. Um, and I, th- I think, how does that? Well, oh, yeah. we're going to get Aaron on in a yeah. minute. Yes. But um, all right. Well, that might be an, a good segue because we do have a, uh, a guest today in the studio. This is the second time we've had an in-studio guest. We were going to have you on the phone. And then I thought, 
He said, well, you're just around the corner, so you may as well come in. So I'm glad that did. We've got uh, Aaron Adlist. Uh, Aaron is a specialist in frequent flyer points. He's going to tell you about his business, and we're going to talk about how we maximize our frequent flyer points. So we're just going to have a quick musical interlude, and then we'll introduce Aaron. And welcome back to the Finance Hour. Uh, the theme of this week's show is Come Fly With Me. I've got Craig Bigelow back co-hosting with me after a long hiatus, uh, promoting his other podcast. And today uh, in the studio, we have a special guest, Aaron Adlist. Aaron is the, uh, the principal, the owner of a group called On Your Points, which is all about helping people manage their frequent flyer points and make the most of them. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ruben. Always a pleasure. Excellent. Now, Aaron, do you want to just tell us one of the things that you know people obviously get a bit obsessed with is frequent flyer points on their credit cards. Uh, you know, everyone wants to pay everything on Amex. Everyone wants to get as much as they want. But sometimes, when you go and use them, you can actually be quite disappointed. So, the question is: is you know, a lot of people have credit card issues in this country. People have most people still don't pay off their credit card in full each month. Um, the question is: is are the points worth it? Good question, Ruben. Um, I guess go back a little bit and try to look at your uh, credit card companies or um, the banks. They give you rewards every time you spend on their card and they do that so you use their product. It's yep. a bit of a marketing gimmick or a marketing tool. And what you want to do is you want to look at your credit card points as currency. So mm -hmm. before like anyone who asks me for advice on getting a credit card, I always tell them, to just go back a second and ask yourself what kind of spender are you? So mm. if you're going to be- Well, if you're, like, if you're like Craig, you are hemorrhaging money. Okay, so <laughs> Sounds like it. He's traveling all, all through South America. Hemorrhaging. And <laughs> although he's saving on the lack of tips in Europe, so he's doing all right. So he's a roundabout. I can't afford to tip you because I'm hemorrhaging money. <laughs> but what you want to do is you need to think like, are you going to be paying your bill on time? So yeah. there's, as financial advisors, you guys know that there's good debt and there's bad debt. Good debt is debt which you make more money by borrowing that money. Yep. And bad debt is when you're going to be paying interest. Credit cards are wrought when it comes to um um, interest rates. They're charging yeah. 19, 20%, which is extremely high. So if you're not going to be paying your bill on time, you know, you're all excited, you get a credit card and, you know, you're getting these points. If your fees on top of your points are going to be high, then there's no point actually getting those points at all. Like I know a guy who, um, I know a fellow who I just helped where he got super excited where he signed up for credit card. It was like, oh, this is cool. He maxed out his card. He went to an ATM, took out 9K cash. Mm. From day one, he started paying interest. And he got into massive debt. And yeah. like, he just didn't realize, like, in our education system, we learn all these, you know, things, but they don't necessarily teach 101 of finance and credit cards being one of those things. Yeah. So if you're yeah. going to be getting into debt, not paying your bill on time. Right. So, that's, so that's number one. Yeah. Number one rule is pay off your credit card on time. Right. Right. And, and it's only if you're able to do that, do you even start thinking about, about frequent flyer points. That's it. So if you're paying your bill on time, you're anyway paying money. Well, why not get you know? Why not get rewarded for it? You're spending, mm. you're tipping, you're doing whatever you're doing, you're traveling. Why not get rewarded mm. for it? Mm. So that's where credit cards really come in, and you're able to get rewards. And then the segment of this show, which is travel, you're able to really get a lot of benefits when it comes to your, especially your overseas travel. Yeah. 
Well, that's really the question, isn't it? Because then you, you, know, you spend all this money accumulating the points and the question is, is what are they actually worth? Because there's lots of different ways that you can, you can spend those points. You can obviously get domestic flights, you can get international flights. Sometimes if it's with a, if it's with a uh, bank, you can, I don't know, get some luggage or a new pair of headphones. You know, the question is, is yeah, as how you say, how do you, how do you actually spend those points? Yeah, so I guess the banks and the airlines, they want you to use your points for as the for the cheapest way possible that way mm. they save money you use them you know so you have many ways of how you can use your credit card points or um your airline points um three ways really one way is um you could use gift cards so you want to get your new bose earphones or you want to buy that thermomix mm-hmm. so you go on the Qantas website or whichever airline program or award program you're on and you get your you know your your electronic item yeah where what you want to do is again look at your points as currency so you need to say well how many points am i using for this item what i'm actually getting for it how much does the item cost if i just go to the store and buy it so when you're looking at like when you're looking at buying stuff on the online store or gift cards you're getting around 0.4.5 of a cent per point so mm-hmm. say a hundred thousand points mm. would get you around five hundred dollars worth of value which in truth you're better off just going and buying Mm. that item because there are much better ways to use those points which we'll get to Mm. Um, your second way to use your points is obviously flights um, economy tickets yep Um, a few problems with that which I'm sure all your listeners have experienced and Ruben I know we've discussed this you've experienced this which is there's never availability. You know, mm-hmm. you want to you want to fly somewhere. You're all excited. You get onto the Qantas website or the Virgin Australia website. You're ready to book your big dream holiday, and ah, there's no availability. Yeah. When there is availability, again, you need to go back to the currency trick and say, well, how many points am I using for this ticket? What are my fees and taxes, which they normally chuck a lot of those on mm. top, and then. How much could I actually buy this ticket for if I was just to go on the Qantas website or any of the, you know, kayak.com or Momondo, yeah. one of those flight websites? How much does it actually cost mm. for me to just buy? So I'll give you like a little calculation to like kind of give you an idea. So say, um, um, say you want to go to New York and, you know, big trip to the Big, big Apple. Mm-hmm. So you're flying Qantas, you have your Qantas points. Um, you go and you want to book your flight. You need 60,000 points each way, 120,000 points return. Mm-hmm. On top of that, you're going to be paying around, give or take, $600 in fees and taxes. Now, if you were to go on the Qantas website or one of these other websites and buy that same ticket, I don't know anyone here know like how much about tickets you $1,700, bucks, would not it? Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's quite expensive. Even like, less. Yeah, yeah, I saw recently for 1350 Yeah, right. So like, that's really cheap, which means if you're paying 1350 for a ticket and $600 you're anyway paying if you're using your points for fees and taxes... Well, minus six hundred from thirteen fifty. Yeah, what's yeah. the point? Yeah, you know, you're you're, you're spending what six hundred bucks. Your points are giving you six hundred mm. bucks. Right? Again, mm-hmm. you're getting around half a cent per point. You're mm-hmm. not really getting great value. The kicker is when you start to use your points for business class tickets. Now, there's not always availability for those business class tickets, but when you start to look at partner airlines and you see well, what availability is there, you start to realize if I if I was to buy a business class ticket versus using the points for a business class ticket, there's a lot of value in those points. Right. That's, and it, that's really where it's and at. And is that buying the business class ticket outright with points or buying a base ticket and then upgrading? Yeah, great question. Um, a lot of people I know say, oh, I use my points for upgrades. And the thing is, if you, if you want to um, get your upgrades, not every ticket is upgradable. Yes. So it depends mm-hmm. on the ticket which you actually bought. So mm-hmm. if you go online, you find your super cheap economy ticket, your low 
Your red oh, ideal sort of thing. Yeah, yep. exactly. And then you they won't allow you to upgrade mm, them. Sure. So you have to already, from the beginning, spend more money on a more expensive ticket and then upgrade it. You're better off just booking the ticket outright with your points. And, okay. and you've, if you have... Like, the only people that can upgrade are people who are quite high-frequent flyers, aren't they? Like, if you're, like, a gold or platinum-frequent flyer, well, you're depends. more likely to be able to use points to upgrade. Yeah, well, it depends on the airlines. Mm. But everyone's able to upgrade... It just depends on availability. So the higher your status, the more chances you have mm. to upgrade depending on the airline and the program. Yeah. Yeah. So let's yeah. just say Ruben and I walk into an airport together and Ruben is a platinum and, and me as a bronze. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does become... It's probably the biggest example of class systems in our society, I think, mm. airports. And it re- it's so different. I think um, Joel, my mate, is getting married, booked his first class ticket to Europe for, mm. for his wedding as a treat to himself. He booked in for a massage with Qantas for the flight. That's he gets nice. to shower. Are with you Emirates. going to Joel's wedding? I, I'm the best man. Does so. the best man get a first class ticket? Uh, the best man gets to ride an economy on his own uh, um, kind of three days later. So. so he gets a massage and a shower and he's probably paying about 20 grand for the privilege. Uh, well, he's not paying. But yeah, he, he did he's it with his. his he's using oh, he his did point. it, he put points. it booked it all with points. Yeah, so he used a first class ticket. For a, got a first class ticket. He's got a funny leg. Uh, he's got a funny flight path. And uh. um, but yeah, he, he's got all the way to Prague from Sydney with points. And Fantastic. it cost him about. It wasn't a couple hundred thousand points. Really? Mm. Yeah, Does that make for first class. That's all right. A couple hundred thousand points for first well, it class. Depends which points depends you're talking about. Ones, but yeah, yeah that, that's yeah, much, that's very much so, right. So with with some of these cards that and there's always offers on TV for join and get fifty thousand free points mm. or join and get a hundred thousand free points and people get lured in again, like you said before. What are the things that people should look at and what type of people do those offers suit? Yeah, good question. So there there are quite a few websites which do um, comparing of credit cards. Um, I guess TV is probably not your best go-to place to get a credit card, um, but there are some good websites out there. Um, it depends on the person, so it depends what you're looking for. You know, if you're looking for a low interest card or um, a low annual fee, if you're looking for what we're talking about today, frequent flyer points, um, there's two categories which you want to look at. So subdivide into two categories where number one, like you mentioned, the credit cards with hefty sign-up bonuses. Yep. They're always nice. Yeah. So there's always, you know, credit card companies saying sign up 100,000 points. Now they're really boosting it up yep. there. They're catching up to the American game where, you know, 100,000 points, that's massive yep. for a sign-up bonus. Often the annual fee will be waived for the first year as well. Yep. So that's one thing to do, you know, open up a credit card, meet the minimum threshold, get the points, and then either keep the card, don't keep the card. That's up to you. The second thing you want to look at is what does a good wallet look like? So you yep. mentioned before, let's take a, a look at Ruben's wallet and see he says he doesn't have cash. What does a good wallet look like when we talk about credit cards? So again, you want to divide into two types of cards where an Amex and a Visa card. So Amex yep. usually give the most amount of points. Yep. Visa, not as much. And I'll explain why. So recently, um, credit card companies make money by you spending on their card. They have the money to be able to give you these um, promotional products, i.e. points, because every time you spend, the merchant where you're spending at has to pay a fee to the credit card processing companies. And credit card processing companies, as of late, have been, or in in the old times, were able to charge whatever they wanted for their services. As of um, this past new tax year, there's now legislation, and it's heavily monitored, where they're only able to charge up to, I think it's 0.8, quote me if I'm wrong, but I think it's 0.8 of a percent, which is really, really low. 
So they have less money to be able to give you. American Express... Is that bank- is that all over the world or just no, Australia? No, it's Australia. Yeah, it's Australia. A, and banks. Yeah, yeah so bank-issued cards are now under regulation where they can only give... They're, they're not able to make as much money from the processing. Right. Therefore, they can't give you as many points. And they've and that you've noticed that most of the majors are pulled out of those... The partic- they've pulled back from all Amex cards. Most of them yeah, have moved so away from Amex. Most bank-issued cards, they used to have dual, dual cards. Yeah. Amex and a Visa, Amex and MasterCard. Now it's just Visa, just MasterCard. And they used to be giving many because more they points. Can, because they can only charge... A certain merchant po- fee. So that 0.8%, though, is that... Is that what the banks make or what the Visa Credit card makes? processing. Yeah. So it's what the bank makes. No, no. It's it's Visa MasterCard. It's Visa yeah. MasterCard. So what does the bank get out of it? The bank if gets you using their product. They probably get a commission from, I don't know, speak to someone who's involved in the bank. No, they, they they, their idea would be that people don't repay their cards. So they earn interest so on they, that. They so yeah. That's one, one yeah. revenue So it's stream. the banks that are actually financing it. It's not Visa that's giving you the finance. Visa are just doing the processing. Yeah. And and the banks are doing the finance. I wouldn't be surprised if the bank... I'm not sure if this is correct, but yeah. the banks might be getting a commission they on that as well. Be. Yeah. Um, they must split it. No, they don't, they don't normally go for profits, banks. No. So. no. <laughs> never. No. No. They're non, non-for-profit, not, right? No, not at the expense of their customers. <laughs> so, never. See but, four corners. Uh, the, the punchline <laughs> is, though, that American Express aren't actually a bank. So no. they don't fall into this legislation of the 0.8%. So now right. they have... They're smashing the game of, yeah. of credit card points. So American Express naturally are always going to give more points per dollar spent. So a good wallet would always have an American Express card. Mm. Um, today, probably I'd say the American Express Explorer card giving 100,000 Amex points on sign up, which is, we'll talk about that card soon. Yeah. Um, and then you want to have a Visa card, which they always fluctuate, which cards is going to be best currently, um, depending on how much you're actually spending per month, because some cards are capped on how many points you mm. can get. Probably... Um, um, the um, St. George Amplify card is probably the best one currently mm-hmm. giving either Qantas or Velocity in Singapore points. Yeah. I should just say we're not uh, representing or recommending uh, any particular product or investment. 100% and if not giving you, any advice. If you need that advice, go and see Craig Bigelow. Um, <laughs> 18th hole, 13th page golf course, <laughs> exactly. every Wednesday. Exactly. So there's no implied or explicit recommendation. No, but I guess the thing, um, and Aaron, to the point where um, what typical customers are there so the amex i don't know if you do it but for my tax bills i run on my credit card mm. um and that's where i rack up the bulk the bulk of my points is is paying the ato fees and that's changed recently being from yeah. a full point to half a point but it's the way that you know it's one way that i enjoy paying tax it's mm. like yeah. okay well this will be a future well, flight anyway, paying tax you may as well but don't you don't they charge you a, a mer- it's a small that? one but it's like you know it's less than one percent mm. so i'll cop it to get the points yeah, yeah so. it also depends on the end user of the credit card so if, if you're an individual or you guys as businessmen you're in the um, service industry where you don't really have much overhead no. in the service industry besides your tax yeah um, but anybody who's running a small business in the goods industry yeah you know they could be spending easy 20 to 50k a month someone you know has a small cafe and he's spending you know 30 40k a month yeah he mm. could easily or she could easily be racking up a good five hundred thousand points mm. easily a year yeah. what's interesting as well as that is uh, uh, the tax office doesn't seem to be onto that yet because you oh they are, are they, well you're paying a business expense right yep. it's a business like it's so the the merchant fee or whatever is it's a tax deductible cost but then you're then you're getting but then you're getting they separate the but then you're getting at the end but at the end of the day you're paying a business expense and you're getting a personal benefit 
a fringe benefit. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is very hard to quantify or to value those points because remember how we discussed mm. before, there's so many different ways to use them. Yeah. How do you value a freaking flyer? I reckon the next couple of years they're going to get onto it. Hope not. I really do. I reckon this will be the show that broke it. it so we think, thanks for that. It probably yeah. will. Ruben, you're killing yeah. it. <laughs> it's all right. I'll shut down a few businesses just by dint of my, uh, my influence. Maybe on the, the future, the kids, the kids will be opening businesses of the future. Well, you, you could shut them down with this, <laughs> this, this the program. Absolutely. So, yeah, so it's about knowing the type of credit card to get. But, but as you say, like the one that the one that's good for points now may not be in a couple of months' time because the banks may change their... Mm. So, so I guess every, mm. once a year you want to just have a look at mm. your cards. Also, like sometimes, you know, I personally have a card in my wallet which um, is a great card, which they don't make anymore. So, you know, it's not so bad to sign up for a card now, use it. It could be in, in five years' time it will still be a good card. It just won't be a product available to everybody. But if you ha- already have it from the past... The bank's going to still honour it for you. Oh, and, and, and Ruben, for you as well, what, what are the implications for young people applying for these cards, getting the points and then cancelling it when they go for a loan? So that, they're the ones that mm. I see a bit. Great question. Um, how mm. does that play out so in your I, eyes? I want to throw the question back on you because yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot and people ask me all the time and obviously I'm not registered to give financial advice and that's why you guys are here. Mm. Um, so, you know, playing the credit card game, so to speak, opening yep. cards, shutting them down, benefiting from the, frequent, the um, bonus points... I guess you know, like anything in life, in moderation. Mm. You, know, you don't want to be too reckless. You know, if you're opening and closing all the time, it's probably going to hit your credit score. Although it seems like now in Australia they're moving to the Vita program, where they're looking at your credit score based on not your application of credit, but how you treat your credit. Yeah, but if you sorry, if I take out a credit card with a limit of thirty grand and then I happen to close it down, it's, it just shows as a historical thing that correct. I've done. Even even if I never defaulted or anything. Correct. You're saying that could still be C as, as Well, I mean, oh, let's let's look, walk through an example. Let's say borrower A walks into a bank and wants a mortgage, yeah. and borrower B walks in and wants the same mortgage. Borrower A's got 30 um, credit requests from different providers, mm. um, and borrower B has none. And this is the first one they've applied for. And the bank's only got $100,000 to lend. Well, I mean, <laughs> it could be that. Um, so America yeah. works a total opposite. Yeah, because it's a positive is, credit score. Yeah. Like the more credit you have credit and pay and them. Being responsible yeah. with them, well, we want to lend you money. Yeah, so that, it's, and it's much harder to get yeah, a credit score. In Australia, in it's, well, if yeah. you took a credit card, well, that's a liability. Well, it, it actually did change. You're right. About 18, 18 months ago to a positive credit rating. So it was around the behavior of the borrower as opposed to the... In Australia. In Australia. So the number of... Um, the number of requests that you see on the on the card or on the the profile of your credit history, mm. um, so it is more of that positive thing. But it also does mean that you have to pay things on time. So whether it be rates, um, all the mm. different bills that you have, but it still does. The bar, the banks are getting tighter, particularly for investment lending. Yeah. So um, when you say the banks are getting tighter, yeah. Uh, like I've asked a mortgage broker about this. Yeah. Looking for myself. Looking. Yeah. For yeah. Yeah. Can I? Am I eligible for? And obviously, I've, I've signed up or opened up for my fair sure. share of credit cards. Yeah. Um, so, my mortgage broker advised me that depends on the person. So, if you go to the bank and you ask for a loan, the banks are just going to look at the facts they have Correct. in front of them on a piece of paper. But Correct. if you go to a mortgage broker, there's something in it for the mortgage broker because they make their money based on their commissions, which means they're going to push that much harder and say, well, they understand the person in a much more ra- um, all-round way. They're not just looking at a paper. They understand the person's finances. They look at the person's finances 
um, much more detailed way than the banks would. Yeah, but well, I think yeah, that's but it, a, at, at the end of the day, though, it's the banks that are proving the credit. Correct. It's not. So, the, it's not the mortgage broker that's making the decision. They're couching it in a certain way. So the, the mortgage so. broker's basically told you a good story. Yeah. As, as, <laughs> honestly, yeah, the, the mortgage absolutely. broker's told you a good story as to why you should use him, which is true. But yeah. you can equally tell the bank the same story yourself. So you mm. could say that my business has been set up on the fact that I. Um, applied and cancelled credit cards. Today. <laughs> but it's it's not a reason not no. to use a broker because no. it costs you no more right. which way you go. But I wouldn't say that the fact that you go through a broker is means you'll have a greater likelihood of getting a loan through if you've done more applications. No, it's just they, that yeah. the bank needs to be told the story as to why. Mm. So like you said, if, if the bank just looks at a piece of paper and sees 40 applications, then you're going to be like, this guy's a pretty lousy yeah. borrower. Mm. But if it comes with a bit of an explanation, they're probably going to say... This isn't ideal. Let's dig a bit deeper than right. if clean skin over here went and applied for the right. same line. But the advantage the of the time. mortgage broker as well is that yeah, you know, different banks may have different, different attitudes, policies. Different correct. Policies, and yeah. they can really help you help you they navigate. Have access to more products. You're saying. Yeah, well, you I mean, the, yeah. the 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 first tier lenders, so your Commonwealth banks, NABs, um, Westpac, uh, ANZ, yeah. all the big ones at the moment, they're called first tier lenders. Second tier lenders are your Pepper, those other mortgage brokers mm. or mortgage companies or bank providers are coming to fore now, particularly with some of this investment lending stuff. Mm. So Commonwealth banks closed investment lending completely, so they're not allowed to borrow or not allowed to lend for investment purpose at the moment because they had too much of a percentage so these second tier lenders are really coming into their own offering deals that the big ones can't so they're charging about five six percent for for an investment loan at the moment whereas pepper i believe is doing sort of three and a bit for an investment loan still um interest only where you can't get that anymore blah blah blah. so the rules are moving on there but yeah yeah, i I believe that the broking is always going to have a space but Mm. i just wouldn't argue the fact that they have a greater likelihood to get it through than if you told the yeah, same story yourself. There's yeah. just other there's well, other benefits to you. I so, think we all agree. Then you want to you, you want to sign up for those bonuses, sure. but again, you don't want to abuse don't. that and sign up, yeah. you know, for too many in a year. Yeah. Period. So just getting back to it as well. So you you were saying that the best value, you know, for your points is buying business class tickets. That's where you effectively get the best bang for your buck. But once again, how hard is it to actually? To actually use them. I've got a million frequent flyer points. I want to buy get business class tickets. It's not that easy to get, is it? There you go. You want to be. You want to go to to Ruben's parties next time. No, no, no. We, I, I believe that I think there's a technical term in our J Air contract that um, once we do one show together, we're actually family. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all one big family. Who gets here. to use the points? Nine hundred ninety-nine yeah, thousand coming you by. You are a lost cousin. Aren't yeah. You? So a few things, Ruben. I'm like, found. You want, like you don't want. You either want to be booking well in advance so you mm. find the availability or you want to be booking last minute right before that you get those last minute seats. So, so they do release last minute frequent flyer Depends seats. on the airlines. Depends on the airlines. Um, but yeah, often the last minute seats will come available or book way in advance and you're much more likely to get How far probably. in advance? Oh, well, they normally only open up 11, 12 months before. So that far in start advance. planning. And what about... You know the um, you know the fact I've got Qantas points and you know the the alliances with the different airlines, right? So how hard is it for me to use my Qantas points? I think they're Emirates. they're part of One World, one aren't world. they? Yeah, so, yeah. so is it airlines. much harder to use those my Qantas points on one of the partner airlines? Yeah, so it depends on the airlines. Some airlines will only show their seats, and then if you want to see their partner airlines, you need to call it in to see, which is a bit of a pain because normally there's a lot, long wait time on the phone. 
with Qantas yeah. are really good with that, that their um, search tool is, they show you all their partner airlines or at least most of their partner airlines on most routes. So you could actually see that by just going on the Qantas website, searching, make sure you put in flexible dates, you know, so you can see the whole calendar and what's there. Um, others like the Velocity website is a lot harder to navigate where it only shows each day at a time and you've got to keep clicking through. So, to see so via the Qantas website, I can book directly the partner airline. Yeah, so say you wanted to go to... Um, you want to go to Israel with your family. Yeah. Um, so Qantas now have official partnership with El Al. That you yeah. can fly business class El Al as of like two, three weeks ago. Um, so you could fly Melbourne, um, Hong Kong or Melbourne, Bangkok, and then Hong Kong or Bangkok to Tel Aviv direct on Qantas. And you would see all of that on the Qantas website. That being said, the availability on through Hong Kong is really slim. You're a lot better, to, you're a lot more chances to get it going through Bangkok. Yeah, but the Bangkok, the airlock, the... Uh the airplanes they fly from Bangkok to Tel Aviv are absolutely Aren't from great. the 1960s. We know <laughs> we, whenever we go to Israel, we go via Bangkok. Yeah, well, and they're just they're, they're yeah, horrible. I they're not great. Although they are updating would, now. Are they? Yeah, um, mm. 77 planes, which a lot better. Well, generally a little behind, but you know, yeah. it's the Israeli airline. You get what you expect. You know. Yeah. And what would be what would be the best deal that you've been able to get mm. on on that leg, for example? Uh, so best deal, best deal I've got was probably actually what was it like two months ago? We went on a holiday. Um, we're having a baby at the end of the year, so we went on a little holiday before. Um, we signed up for a credit card, both myself and my wife. That sign up paid for our entire trip. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. We went to Fiji for a week. We stayed in a brand new Marriott hotel there um, that was had only been open for three months. Um, so we got the entire hotel paid for, our flights paid for by the credit card. And um, yeah, I think that those, they didn't pay for the beer at the bar, but everything else was paid for. Where did you say it was? In Fiji at the Marriott Hotel. Wow. Um, it was fantastic. And I'll, I'll just end off for the listeners with this one last tip, um, which is, so we got to Fiji and, and um, they have their, when you use your points to book the hotel, you can only book to stay in the base rooms. And they have there in the hotel, they have like those overwater bungalows, you know, those ones you see in the magazines. Yeah. Yeah. So they have those, but we couldn't book those. So I brought with me a box of chocolates from Duty Free, got to the hotel and I gifted it to the girl checking me in. Um, so this is for you, chocolates from Australia, enjoy the chocolates. And then like later throughout the conversation, I just slipped in like, oh, it'd be so fantastic to be able to stay in one of these um, uh, on the water still bungalows. They look fantastic. She's like, yeah, sure. No problems. She got me in. So one tip is when you're traveling, um, you know in Judaism they teach us this be a mensch you know yeah. be, be um, and don't expect anything in return yeah don't, yeah 100% <laughs> like, that's like in any business if, you, if you're giving value <laughs> give value to the people around you and value isn't always in a monetary manner yeah value could be if you connect to the person who you're actually trying to service and see what they're interested in you could give value in many other ways besides just you know saving them a dollar or giving mm. them money so that definitely works for well, us. Well, it does. It does differentiate you from the four hundred people she's checked in that day, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good. Yeah, yeah. So it's try that tip. when you go for your buddy's um, wedding and you're the best man. What about try a? That. What about a? Then I'll ask you. Um, are there any tips that you have for at airport upgrades? <laughs> mm. That's difficult. Okay. I, I reckon there's probably hundreds of people, probably thousands of people every day who put on a. Mega smile, walk up to the checkout girl at the airport and say, oh, can I please get into business class? And 
I don't know. You read articles how like sometimes it works, but mm. there's only know. so many times I'm not so I could be going away for a funeral or yeah. like yeah. I'm really sad or the fact that I'm six foot five yeah. and yeah. need the leg room because I'll get. I haven't been so lucky. Then pay for business class tickets. I'm normally more on the other side of of the spectrum where the security take me for their special swap tests. (laughs) The the one thing which I do sometimes get is when you're traveling with the kids and you say, or there's two of you, you say, oh, look, can we try and get the seat in between? Right. Free. Fair enough. I I thought you were going to say, can we just be upgraded and we'll put the kids just stand (laughs) down the back? That would definitely be a a no-brainer. So, Aaron, where can... uh, where can people find out a bit more about you and about your business? Um, they could go online at onyourpoints.com.au yep. um, or drop us an email, drop us a, a phone call and um, love to have a chat. Like we, we, we specialize in helping, you know, helping businesses maximize their points and yep. you know, a bit more volume there. Um, but individuals as well, we help um, check out the, email, the website, give us a call, send us an email, be glad to help you. Terrific. All right, Aaron, thank you very much for coming in today. It was uh, great to have you in the studio and um, we'll hope to catch up with you at some point in the future. Yeah, nice being here. And the lunch you guys served was fantastic. So thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the Finance Hour. The topic of the show today is Come Fly With Me. We're coming down to the last uh, 10 minutes or so. and We've had a really good conversation with uh, Aaron Adelis from On Your Points. Craig, what was the number one thing you got out of that discussion? Um, I think it's like anything. There's there's people that plan this stuff and and actually mm. consider the, the the value or the true value of points. Whereas yeah. I believe that that's probably the greatest gap in the normal market is that most people don't have plan for anything; they just mm. do. And yeah, yeah, yeah it's one of the, yeah. No, I agree with you. It's one of those areas that there's yeah, there's quite a bit of arbitrage, I suppose, if you use them. Well, and there's a big difference, and that's why you know having uh, you know it's like as I agree with you, it's like having advice about anything. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a it, it's a it's a good point. I said the only risk sometimes is is that you know people just get obsessed with these points, correct, you know, and it ends up leading to other bad behaviour. As much as you can say, oh, you got to pay off your credit card in full each month, you know, some a lot of people can do that, but 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 there are a lot of people that can't, and. I think you do need that self-awareness, don't you? Mm. Just to realize whether or not um, you are the type of person that with $9,000, as Aaron mentioned, will will be that person that will go to the bank and withdraw it. Yeah. Or will you be the person that understands what they're for, has a purpose, spends the $1,500 minimum, get your points, cancel the card, repeat. And it sounds like Aaron's got a process for doing that and he's very meticulous with what he does. But I believe that that's probably not the norm, you know? No, no, um, a lot of people won't do that. So the other thing which um, we're talking off air that you've got to be careful of when you travel is really security as well and scamming because, of, because you know, carrying cards, uh, you know, overseas obviously can lend itself to being scammed. So you were mentioning that you had some... Some tips around that. I got a new, um, I got a new travel wallet um, that has the protection for you know how we've got the contactless payment system now. Like, so like you got uh, PayPass, pay yeah. yeah. So um, basically, there's people that carry around a portable 
FPOS machine, basically, yeah. um, and they'll run up charges under $100. So they'll uh, hold that device near your pocket, pocket. Yeah. and they'll be running up transactions without you even knowing. Um, so the wallet has some technology that basically disallows that from happening. And so it's called a technology called RFID, and um, I don't know what it stands for. Sure so what is it? it? Is it just like a little uh, sort of chip on your No, it's the material in the wallet. Oh, so right. it's, it's like the material they, they weave into or build as part of the the wallet itself so yeah. um that protects the the i don't know what it is the fields there must be so do you just use that when you travel or do you use it here as well no the travel one uh, it's it's purely in the travel wallet that mm-hmm. i have it the, I, I know that there's others that are doing it in an everyday wallet too I, what is yeah. it called like near field blah 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 blah, yeah, blah or whatever yeah, it's called yeah. so um yeah it protects those the transmission of those uh, communicative devices nice yeah and uh, that was an interesting concept Aaron introduced. What does a good wallet look like? Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting concept, that. So a good wallet looks like a an American Express, a Visa card. I don't know what else. I mean, some old dodgy receipts, some old... It depends tickets, if you're I a kid. I think I think you'd be a, you'd be a Costanza man, wouldn't you? You'd have a, you'd have a chunky wallet. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually don't. Wow. It's a really thin one. Oh, it is too. Yeah, it is a thin. I've one. got a chunky one. Then I'm the Costanza. Oh my god, I used to I, I used to have a chunky it's one. It's not and too I bad. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't carry coins. What do you do with coins? Nah, I've got coins. I leave them in my car. Yeah, I do like that. In the kind of change thing, and it's actually because my kids always need money for tuck shop or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it just they just can. They could just dig into that. Yeah, I, uh, I I used to do that. I had my car broken into just for the coins in my car. I lost eleven dollars thirty six or something. Something I don't know how you get thirty six. Yeah. But. On the other hand, I guess it's you know just having coins that maybe means they don't go after anything bigger. Well, there was nothing in the car. Yeah. You know, I, I've I've. I don't know, maybe it's where I live, um, but it's sort of, I had my golf club stolen out of the car yeah. and yeah, the car's been broken into about five times. You didn't have all your podcasting equipment for your golf show? No, it wouldn't fit in. No. I've got that much. No. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're pretty lucky here to have this fantastic setup at JM. It's amazing. And I want to do a shout out again to the uh, to the great people of JM, the board, the president, uh, who were involved in this, uh, this big move from... Um, from uh, Dan Nong Road back to the heart of Caulfield. It is good to be here. It's nice and convenient. Uh, we are going to take one more short break and then it will be time for Propeller Head of the Week. Okay, now it is time for my Propeller Head of the Week. And on the concept of credit cards and travel, uh, my Propeller Head of the Week is around the travel insurance that you can get with your credit card. So a lot of the um, the high, uh, high, fee, high fee credit cards, the platinum credit cards, give you uh, travel insurance, and that's a really, really good feature. There's just a couple of tips to look out for. Number one, sometimes you actually have to register specifically for that insurance. I know with I've got a Commonwealth Bank card, and it's not just good enough to pay for your tickets on it. You actually need to physically register. Number two, you just want to check the excesses as well, mm-hmm. uh, particularly around uh, excess car insurance, um, which can be quite high, and you can potentially, um, you know, potentially buy some extra features on the insurance policy. So as I said, I think it's a great way to get value out of your credit card, but just make sure that you uh, find out the exact terms of how to activate it. Nice one. There you go. There you go. So that's um, that's almost it for the show today. Uh, Craig, thanks again for, for coming back. Just for our listeners as well, where can they find the uh, 
the golf podcast because I'm sure we've got a lot of listeners at the Finance Hour who are passionate about golf as well. Uh, it's very kind of you, mate. We are Beyond the Greens podcast, so findable on all the majors, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Yes. Um, and all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, beyondthegreens.com.au. Terrific. And also for previous episodes of the Finance Hour, you can just Google the Finance Hour or find us on iTunes. After today, Craig, I think I'm going to investigate getting us on Stitcher as well. Yeah. Uh, sounds like Just that's a... Definitely worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one is SoundCloud as well, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think SoundCloud's, SoundCloud's more of a free um, yeah. free source, but and they you have to pay to upgrade for larger data. So, um, it's just depending on whether or not it's it, it, that many people download from there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you uh, for listening this week. Uh, we will be back on air next week. Until then, uh, have a fantastic uh, week and weekend.